my society, people seek to grow pride, selfish pride. We want to be proud of ourselves. We praise ourselves. We accomplish goals so we can be praised. We are to have a high sense of self or self-esteem. Sometimes this is done through competition. We may put others down within our minds because it can make us feel smarter or superior, but too much can make us arrogant or self-righteous. We seek to be good in the eyes of others, to be praised by others, so we can be happy. But none of this is righteousness. The instructions in the Bible are to remove selfish pride, because going our own way is often not following God. Seeking to fit in with others, win approval, or please people are not part of God's righteousness. Our reliance is to only be with God and God's ways. Luke 14:26. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Pride is about vanity and self-worship. Pride is about selfish praise. We are taught to be humble, not proud. John 7:18. He who speaks from himself seeks his own glory, but he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is true, and no unrighteousness is in him. Pride often has the attitude of putting self first. We are to put God first. We are to seek first the kingdom of God. We are to be seeking the love, beauty, peace, compassion, mercy, forgiveness, truth, and justice that are God's righteous ways of living. I am trained to pursue things that will make me feel good. I want to feel good. I can get the thought, what can I do to make me feel good? Let's identify the subject here. I am the subject. I am the focus. With this, God or serving God is not the focus. When my mind is correctly aligned toward God, I turn my thinking to serve God. I guide my attitude toward peace, love, and God's righteous ways. I see what godly good I can do for someone else, and in this process I begin to feel godly good. If I am experiencing resentment or selfish desires within my thinking, I may struggle more with this process. I will need to forgive, confess, humble myself, and let go of such thinking. The more I cling to such thinking, the more struggle I can experience. Romans 12:16. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. I am learning how there is a spiritual kingdom, and I am part of that kingdom. I am not separate from this spiritual kingdom. Therefore, what I do affects others, and what others do affects me and how I feel. When I go and do good for others, I am doing good for myself. In order for me to follow the instructions, I need to conceptualize the good in them. Comfort is less about what I do and more about my attitude doing it. When I don't feel like doing something, sometimes it's because of my own attitude. I just don't want to and may not really know why. Jesus teaches to return evil with good. 
but when I believe someone is talking trash about me or trying to exploit me, the last thing I want to do is to speak kind words to them with sincere compassion. My being is not designed to be nice to mean people, and that is the problem. But God knows this. The most difficult part of transformation is the self-discipline required to deny ourselves for the restructuring of our inward being. We must practice doing what we don't want to do. There is an old saying around meetings, surrender to win. This means I surrender my inclinations to practice new godly good. I am to give up living by my ideas and live by God's. When Jesus says, love your enemy, I am to do my best to love my enemy, but with God's love. And it takes time and experience to understand God's love. I need to do what I don't understand to see outcomes that are new and different. These outcomes present spiritual information to me that help me piece together this puzzle. I need to trust in the instructions and the process the Bible describes. Psalm 132.1 Lord, remember David and all his self-denial. Self-denial is a necessary regular practice for spiritual growth to occur. We cannot have things our way and God's way. We cannot have fellowship with the world and its ways and fellowship with God. We have to choose one over the other. Luke 9.25 What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Our spiritual selves are sacrificed through reliance upon others, ourselves, or the world. Romans 2.8 but for those who are self-seeking and who reject the truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. I would pay very close and careful attention to the consequences clearly described in this passage. Correcting thinking requires very close and careful attention to our thoughts and acting in ways we do not desire. Love and peace comes through our reliance, obedience, trust, and growth in God's righteousness. God's righteousness will be very different than self-righteousness. Inwardly, we are each conditioned and trained to rely and trust upon different things. We can become dependent and reliant upon electronics, drugs, food, sex, books, work, money, people-pleasing, and so many other things. God's instructions are for us to be only reliant upon God. This requires a lot of retraining, rethinking, redirecting, and different practices. We can learn how we are reliant upon pride, envy, fear, and self-seeking. And because of pride and self-importance, it can be very uncomfortable to see our own errors. We can be so conditioned to trust and self-seeking that we cannot even understand how not to be self-seeking. We must begin learning with new experiences. Change has to begin somewhere. God's instructions are for us to humble ourselves, and we need to get going with it. Proverbs 6.3 So do this, my son, and deliver yourself, for you have come into the hand of your friend. Go and humble yourself. Plead with your friend. Pride and self-seeking can be like cancer to our faith. 
We each are individually responsible to handle it within ourselves. We handle it by choosing God and making God our priority in how we're going to think and behave. Ignoring it and postponement will only let it grow more and more. No one else can align ourselves, our beliefs, and faith to be more with God. We each individually must choose and act to abide in God as Jesus describes in John 15. Paul describes love, the love we ought to practice, as not applying self-seeking. 1 Corinthians 13.5 It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Matthew 23.25 Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. James 3.16 For where envy and self-seeking exists, confusion and every evil thing are there. Another word used for self-seeking is covetousness. BibleHub.com defines it as one desirous of having more. It is spiritually destructive to practice envy and covetousness. This has to do with selfish gain or greed. It's about self-improvement based upon worldly things or material gain. It's about improving status, personal power, or self-image. It's about making ourselves bigger, better, and more powerful. Philippians 2.3 Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. 2 Corinthians 12.20 For I fear, lest when I come, I shall not find you such as I wish, and that I shall be found by you as such you do not wish, lest there be contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, backbitings, whispering. The Bible instructs us to avoid selfish ambitions. Are we going to choose to avoid it? Mark 8.34 When he had called the people to himself with his disciples also, he said to them, Whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Mark 10.21 Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, One thing you lack. Go your way, sell whatever you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross, and follow me. Jesus teaches us how to be happy. Biblehub.com defines the word blessed as happy. The Bible describes ways to be blessed or happy. Here are some descriptions in Matthew chapter 5 Jesus uses to help us understand how to be happy. Matthew 5, verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit. I was introduced to the word spiritually bankrupt in a 12-step program. It was describing an inward condition of despair and brokenness. I was indeed spiritually bankrupt. It is a miserable state of being where there is little hope. Yet Jesus is saying the poor in spirit can be happy. 
It's highly emphasized that a person needs to hit bottom in their walk before they will be ready to completely abandon themselves to God. To do what we do not want to do can sometimes only be done when we run out of choices. My pride, ego, and self-righteousness had to be crushed and broken. I had to be humbled. I surrendered myself to serve God because I did not have a better idea. I chose to become clay for the potter. I chose to deny myself, my own understanding, to pursue God and God's ways. My broken spirit helped me to let go of the struggle. Pouring the spirit to me is decreased self-reliance, self-seeking, with increased humble servitude and trust with God. Some call it a place where we are beaten into a state of reasonableness where we become willing and ready to try something new. Verse 4, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. I had a lot of pride and anger. I did not know how to mourn, nor did I desire to do it. I feared crying, especially around others. I saw it as weak. I repressed and stuffed my hurt, my pain. I had yet to learn through experience how grieving could bring relief and freedom. As I experienced mourning my trauma in life and coming to peace with it, I felt more peace and comfort. Rarely will someone seek to comfort an arrogant egomaniac. People who are comforted are often those who appear hurt and vulnerable. When I humbled myself and my attitude and then asked for help at a support group, it was there. It wasn't there the way I wanted it, but it was there. Verse 5, Blessed are the meek. BibleHub.com defines meek as mild and gentle. I was in a group once when another man called me meek. He was complimenting me, but I resented him. I did not view meekness as a positive character trait. I saw it as weakness. But now I know it's not. BibleHub.com says this, Meekness is not weakness, but rather refers to exercising God's strength under His control. I am currently prompting myself many times each day toward meekness, peace, and love. Verse 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. When someone is hungry or thirsty, they will increase their diligence to get fed. God feeds us spiritual good as we participate in God's righteousness. I was walking one day in Phoenix, Arizona when it was 122 degrees. After about a mile, my shirt was drenched in sweat. I bought a gallon of water because I appeared I have lost a gallon. I drank what seemed to be a half gallon and then wrung my shirt out. I was thirsty. If I did not get the water, I may have had a heat stroke. I directed my path directly to get water for survival because of my thirst. The movie Rocky III has a theme about being hungry. I recommend watching it to help understand what being hungry means. I was at a meeting and recognized someone who I knew from other meetings. I asked him why he was coming to this meeting and he responded, I get fed better here. 
Some have described the 12-step program as just one beggar showing another where the food is. Psalm 34, 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Verse 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. I first practice an entry level of mercy, which is simply withholding punishment. I then grew to practice acts of kindness to help others in need, but I did it without much heart. Finally, I am now beginning to practice caring with compassion. You see, all these ways affect mercy. When I combine them all together, they can intensify the spiritual power of righteousness. Merely withholding punishment without love is not God's mercy because for God's righteousness to be done correctly will always include love. See 1 Corinthians 13 and 1 John 4. Matthew 5 verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart. To be pure in heart is to purify ourselves from the corruptive ways of anger, fear, worry, anxiety, hastiness, self-seeking, and more. To be pure in heart is something we can grow and improve with little by little. The first steps for me was letting go of resentment, dishonesty, fear, and self-seeking. I then had to make restitution I had done to others and myself. I had to make things right inwardly and outwardly as best I could. This brought comfort and happiness. Verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers. The peace we can make begins within us. I cannot bring peace if I am angry, lustful, greedy, or seeking to gratify myself. I must build peace in my thoughts, goals, attitude, words, and actions. I must choose peace all day long. As I purify my mind and heart to follow and serve God's ways with sincere love and truth, then I can help others towards such peace. I can peacefully and patiently encourage others as I am in it. I must avoid thinking how I can live peacefully and patiently in a world that is self-seeking and hurried. Thinking this way disturbs my peace. Instead, I need to focus on standing firm with living peacefully and patiently, whether the world accepts me or not. I believe if I live by God's righteousness, the world will find a way to be okay with me. In fact, it may even like me more. I was told once that no matter what I do, one-third of the people will like me, one-third of the people won't, and the other third just won't care. Verse 10. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. There are greedy, self-seeking, and angry people who will persecute those who seek to bring them peace. Before I experienced God and peace, I did not want anything to do with it. I would simply disfigure my face and walk away. And then there are trolls who seek to agitate and evoke anger. If two-thirds of the people will not be interested in what I have to say, I will need to get used to a lot of rejection. I'm not looking forward to it. But Jesus is describing there is more happiness to be found here. When trolls come and try to push my buttons, I need to focus on God's love, mercy, peace, patience, and forgiveness. Retaliation is not good. If someone came to me advocating for peace, I would have tested them. If they endured and did not break, 
that would have convicted my soul that they were really good and not self-serving. This is the way of Christ as I understand it. We are to convict and win souls of people through sincere demonstration of God's righteousness through persecution and endurance. We are to be tested to truly reveal the good of God. Fortunately, this does not have to be done perfectly. We simply need to demonstrate we mean business with God's righteousness. We need to demonstrate sacrificially that we trust God more than ourselves with increasing measure. Happiness comes through our participation with God's righteousness. Self-righteousness can lead to emptiness and spiritual bankruptcy. Psalm 119.36 Turn my heart toward your statutes and not toward selfish gain. Deuteronomy 12.8 You shall not at all do as we are doing here today, every man doing whatever is right in his own eyes. Each day we shift from self-seeking to God-seeking. We inwardly shift our thoughts of pleasing ourselves toward helping others through godly service. The most important moment is now. One moment at a time. One hour at a time. One day at a time. One step at a time. We can have more spiritual happiness if we make it our goal and walk toward it. Matthew 6.34 Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I can get trapped in a self-gratification circle. I was in a class once where the instructor was teaching about a circle of self-gratification. First, there is emptiness, loneliness, or unfulfillment. This feeling prompts us to seek out something to make us feel good. We seek to avoid this discomfort and replace it with the feeling of comfort. We can find comfort in sex, chemicals, accomplishments, money, and food. Seeking comfort this way brings about unfulfillment in the end. This is a circle of self-gratification where the end usually leads to emptiness and loneliness. Are we going to seek fulfillment the way Jesus teaches us to do it? When I surrendered to God and began seeking righteous thoughts and actions, I began to experience a new way of life that would feed my spirit. The more godly right behavior I participated in, the more my spirit was fed. As I trusted and obeyed this godly good way of living, I was fulfilled more and more. In John 4.13-14, Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. In Arizona, when it was 122 degrees outside and I was thirsty, that thirst was a sensation prompting me to get water. The senses of loneliness, emptiness, brokenness are sensations that are prompting me toward God's righteousness. I purposefully direct my thoughts, words, attitude, and actions into that righteousness. I can be fed more and more. The path toward peace and freedom needs to be walked slowly each day. We can be filled with God, we can feel good, but we must choose it as a way of life. Thank you for listening 
and God bless. Mm-hmm.